and welcome to the latest episode of Racing Only Better, brought to you by Betfair. We are just getting over Cheltenham, essentially, and we are looking ahead to Saturday, which Kevin is very excited about because there's some excellent jump racing, but some even better flat racing. So we're going to introduce Kevin first. How are you, Kevin? You're all cheery. Oh, couldn't be better, Vanessa. Yeah, yeah, life is, life is great. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Life is great. You, know, you, you live the sort of life I live. It really isn't, but we're doing our best. <laughs> you live my sort of life, you know, out in town last night. I, 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 was out, I was out in London last night. I picked up a new car this morning and I've got to rattle through this show because I'm off for an hour and a half hot stone massage. So it's just like, it's just the best. I'm honestly, I'm basking in that Cheltenham glow. Oh, um, Jesus Brendan, last time we checked in with you, you were abroad, getting over Cheltenham in your own weird way. How are you? Uh, good, for, good form, Vanessa. I'm very much, we're on the cusp of the Irish flat season kicking off this weekend. So no, no, no massages for me, but I feel like I'm in just as good a form as you are. Have you ever had a hot stone massage, Brendan? No, I don't like people touching me. And I, I, no, I, I <laughs> no, but Brendan, Brendan, that's why you have, so I don't like people touching me either. That's oh. why you have a hot stone massage, because they use the stones instead of their uh, hands. They think uh, of everything, uh, don't they, these masseurs? Is that ever since you're an altar boy, uh, Brendan? <laughs> oh, no, 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 I could tell you, I could tell you a story about a near miss, but I won't. Oh, no, right, right, sorry. Cuts, no, <laughs> over to you for Weatherwatch. We're looking at Kelso and Newbury, please. We're kicking off with Kelso. Then we've got three races from Newbury, and we'll be covering three races from Maidan, including, of course, the Dubai Turf, the Shima Classic, and the World Cup. And I know that because I've got a running order. Fill me in, TC, on the right. Weatherwatch for the um, UK. Yeah, it's good to soft, soft in places at Kelso. Uh, minimal rain due from here on in. It was good, good to soft at Newbury on Tuesday, but it is now soft. Apparently, currently pissing down the rain, so I think it might be borderline heavy. Uh, and it's also heavy in Dubai, heavy in hypocrisy. <laughs> I see what you've done there. I see what you've done there. I don't Shall actually. I don't know what the turf is. It's fast. It's fast. It's just fast, fast, fast living, which is what I live. Um, let's move on. <laughs> Look, you see, we've managed to turn your brown, Kevin Blake, upside down. You're all cheering now. You I see? was smiling anyway. I, I, Vanessa, the house could be on fire and I'd be... But <laughs> as I heard some fella say one time, I'd find a silver lining on a mushroom cloud. That's me. I'd no. find that silver lining. <laughs> good, good to know. Right, let's kick off, guys. Kelso, 150. TC, we're coming to you first for Kelso. Uh, this is over two miles, five furlongs. This is the handicap hurdle and Coral Blue is the course and distance winner is up at the top of the market for Sean Bowen, nine to two. You can falls in there. Danny McManaman in the saddle, five to one. Prairie Wolf for Ross Chapman, five to one. Les's Legacy is in there as well, nine to one. The Navigator, nine to one. Then it's 10 to one after that. TC, you've done a deep dive onto these Kelso races. I, um, I think we'll go again. Is um, Sportsbook are playing four places here. They go clear top price about we'll go again at 18s. Um, oh. Can't really see that lasting, but with the Sam Ingden stable, you don't know whether they're a feast or famine when it comes to the betting. So could go off at fives and could go off at 50s. But I think we'll go again. has got a lot going for him. Um, I think the better the ground, the better his chance. 
Um, he was rated 114 when he came over here from Ireland. Won on its first night in the maiden hurdle at market raising in July on good ground. Um, and has had a pretty the checkered history since. Uh, his last two starts have been on soft ground, probably not ideal. He was um, he blew out when a 72 favourite at Catterick, but he was given a very easy time of it at Sedgefield last time after a break in the first run in the first time tongue tie. I thought the handicap would leave him alone from that because you couldn't have missed that you know he was given an easy time of it after that absence. But the handicapper actually dropped him three pounds, so he's now rating on a not uh, he's now on a rating of 99, uh, 15 pound lower than earlier um, in the season. Um, I think they might, if it dries out to good to soft, I think he could be a goer here. Uh, yeah, we'll go again. 18s is a standout price, but I'd have a little bit win only at 12 to 1 plus on him, even though you're getting an extra place with this sportsy bookie. Okay, for Sam England, who, little known fact, I was in Pony Club with TC. Me and Sam go a long way back, back yeah. to the Pony Club days. Yeah, what's he like? Stop. If he was sound, Vanessa would have said straight away, oh, he's a lovely fella, but she but didn't. But unfortunately, he's a woman, Kevin. Yeah. That was uh, the joke. I, I got that. I got that, TC. Brendan, yeah. over to you for Kelso. Um, did you land on a bigger price horse than TC? Yeah, I mean, we'll go again as 18s currently on the drift slightly from what he opened up as. But what did you land on here, Brendan? Well, it's a tricky starting for 10, Vanessa, but I thought the Navigator was half interesting. He really took off this time last year, improved 20 pounds between March and September. In fact, his last win came over this course and distance of a mark of 116. Uh, and that was good form as well. The second was on a hat trick and the third one is two subsequent starts. Young Patrick Wadge claims five pounds. It looks reasonable value for that. And it's actually in a rich vein of form. He's five winners from his last 12 rides. Now, the horse is not in a rich vein of form, but he's off a mark of 113 here. was 116 for his last win over a course of distance. So definitely handicapped to win. And I was hoping with the sun on his back, he might spring back into action here. Nine to one. Okay, nine to one. The Navigator, written by Patrick White. And when we roll on to the 225 at Kelso. Oh, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Go on. Uh, Prairie Wolf will do for me. So Smith did a wonderful job getting this horse in off of Lowly Mark. Um, won a bumper. Um, must have must have thought a fair bit of him. Ended up in the, the grade two at Aintree. But um, cheap pieces on in handicaps is really bucking forward. Uh, I was unlucky not to win last time. Doncaster um, lifted the second last up out of the ground when in front um, rallied, beating the short head. Unlucky. Handicapper, five pounds and away. But um, I think the extra furlong and a half-ish is going to play to his strengths. And yeah, I think he's on a march and a mark of 115 won't prove beyond him for Ross Chapman. Okay, sorry, we have I had the wrong race down for not been. On we go to 225 at Kelso. The three miles, two furlongs, and all I was gonna say is that Patrick Wide rides the favourite hit, Jet Legs, claiming the five again. The Mike Martin Todd Hunter, 11 to 4. Um, Spike Jones is next best at seven to two. Theme tune in there at four to one. Innisor, nine to two, Pim. Um, for eight at eight to one for the um, Nigel Twist and Davis Yard now. Only the seven runners here, TC. A little bit disappointing mm. for obvious reasons, but who wins it? Um, not going to have a bet. I thought 
when I because a lot of these races, well, I think Paddy Power and Betfair Sportsbook were the only firm to price up all seven ITV races during the week. Um, and I'm not sure uh, if there was any significant betting on this. So when the betting opened, I didn't know what to expect. I was expecting Pim to be a bit lower in the betting than eight and nine to one, given that he's got the kind of profile that people latch on to. Lowly mark of 127. Got load of back form. First time tongue tie. Um, but yeah, the, the negatives, obviously. He's obviously had his problems. He's a 10-year-old now. But if he's anything like in the form he was, even with his previous handler um, after Hendo, then he's actually chucked enough mark of 127. Yeah, Pim, eight, eight or nine to one in the marketplace, seems a bit more than I was expecting, but I probably won't be having a bet. Okay, fair enough. Is this race you're having a bet in, Brendan? Are you putting your hard-earned watch on Patrick Wash? Like it, I'm not, I, I feel compelled to have a bet, Vanessa, because if uh, back in, in my former days, I would have been the Paddy Power trader coming up with the prices for, for this race, and I would have made Team Tune favourite to complete the hat trick. No, oh. I still re- well, he's still a relatively unexposed this horse. This he's two from three since joining Nick Alexander. Uh, very impressive in Haydock beating a horse that won his two subsequent starts uh, admittedly over fences then he went to Newcastle and despite blundering at the last three hurdles uh, just a relentless galloper this horse he came home beating the horses the horse was second one next time out the fourth one next time out so it looks reasonable for me he's up slightly in grade here granted but I think the extra yardage and the stiff finishing Kelso will really play to his strengths and I could just see him grind and grind and grind and generally despite those uh, three mistakes in Newcastle he's, gen- he's generally a good jumper really likeable horse he's going to relish this test and I thought he should be fab so I'll have to have a few quid number four to one won't I? Yeah theme tune at four to one tell me this what's your favourite theme tune of all time Brendan? Um, <sighs> big question I liked um, is it not countdown? Was, dum, dum, yeah, well, I, 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 obviously, uh, I, I, I love countdown. It's a, it's a, it's a familiar old tune, and uh, yeah. But uh, there was a. The, do you remember True Detective? The second series of True, True Detective was absolutely abysmal. But there was a Leonard Cohen song that was the, the theme tune to it, and I, I, I thought it was um, a very evocative song. I can't actually remember the name of it now, but I can't remember anything. So I'll go for the. <laughs> this this song's count. Yeah, yeah, like a, like a, team, a team tune, you know, like a you well, know, that's a team fair, tune. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anything yeah, by Dennis Waterman. <laughs> What's that one that's the extras theme tune? I love that. Anyway, this has gone down a bit of a bad route here. Sorry, Kevin Blake. What do you find? Don't get onto that tall Ricky Gervais. You'll have me. I down. love Ricky Gervais. <laughs> oh, Vanessa, I, I've got a I've got a segue for you here. The one I fancy here is Inishore, right? And you know. What Inishore is an island, um, better known as Inishir. And you know, during what opening credits Inishir appears in? Father oh, Ted. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Father Ted. Do, 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 do. There's a team tune for you. Anyway, um, Inishore. That's, the a song, that's a song, by the way. Uh, is it? Uh, ah. uh, there we by, go. Um, oh, I'll think of the name of it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, song, so, songs of love is the song and it's by a band called the divine comedy sorry oh, well done, well done. Tip, tip top Go on, <laughs> it is sure um, unexposed listen to russell having winners for crack at the minute um look clearly likes this horse a lot 
um, because after winning, like like really falling in in a, in a novice hurdle, um, beating outlaw Peter, um, who we've seen again recently, um, chucked him into Grade Two company, which which is a big ask. Oh, be it now, it wasn't electric Grade Two company, but it was a statement of intent, and it was just a bit too much for him now um, at, at that stage of his career. Um, but look. Back in handicap or, or back in handicap company. Look, he looks quite dour. He looks quite slow, but this is much more his level. And he's even when he won at Musselburgh, he still looked a bit out, bit gawky and inexperienced. And um, I'm hoping that he, that he's come forward again. And um, look, he has way to carry, but he earned it. And I think that it could be another winner for Lucinda Russell, who, like I say, is in flying form. In fairness to her, fresh off the back of a Cheltenham Festival win. Love it, love it. Okay, on we go to the three o'clock at Kelso. Tony, I'll come to you first again here. Over the two miles, this is the Mayor's Novices Handicap Hurdle, and it's ultra competitive, as you would expect for a race of this nature. We've got nine runners. Bonte is up there at five to two, top of the market. Only ride of the day, I think, up there for Paddy Brennan, Fergal O'Brien, Jane de Burley, JJ Slevin getting the ride there, four to one. Autumn return. Patrick Wadge again, six to one. Not now, Linda, for the skeleton operation, seven to one. Midnight shuffle in there with the headgear on at eight to one. I mean, as I said, TC, did you think this was as competitive as I thought it was at first viewing? Uh, no, not really. But, um, oh, oh. If there, if, there were, if ever there was a job horse for a handicap, it's Bonte, isn't it? I mean, I mean the handicap, uh, the um, the bookmakers aren't silly. Um, top price on Thursday wow. morning was three to one, 11 to four. That got taken. Uh, I think the five to two is being taken in, in in places anyway. It just looks a complete job horse. Good bumper horse, uh, three from four, second in the listed race. Um, and just been ha- been ca- uh, campaigned with kind of like handicaps in mind, doesn't it? And, you know, if you you had a look at the run last time, and but he was, she was beaten by a really good horse of um, Ollie Murphy's Havari, but obviously staying into second after after giving a reasonably quiet ride, a mark of 110 just totally underplays her talents. But the pro- you know the problem is, you know the price is disappearing before our eyes, and there are negatives. She doesn't particularly jump very well. She does get behind in her races. They are going for the first time cheap pieces, and the stable was only five from 58 with that angle um, in in recent years. So that that's not bet inducing. So yeah, I really wanted to be with Bonte. But I had in my mind after the decks came out and after the field cut from 14 to 9 that I wanted at least 7 to 2 or 4 to 1. So 5 to 2, I'm good to have to let her win. Uh, I'll probably, if she drifts, and I think she might, then I'll, I'll definitely back her at 7 to 2 plus. But at the moment, I do think Bonte is massively the most likely winner. Um, but, you know, you can make a make a case that she does need further than two mile, two, much further than two mile as well. But we all yeah. know Kelso's two miles is uh, takes some getting. But Bonte, but not at the current price. It's interesting. I thought you were going to, yeah, I thought you were going to go for a different angle there. Cause I, like I said, Brendan, I thought it was more competitive than just there at the top of the market. Mm-hmm. Basically, I just don't like the way she jumps. Too many mistakes for my liking, as TC's already flagged up. But over two miles, I just think she's too mistake-ridden for me at that price, especially. 
Yeah, I think that's a, that's a fair point. And it's a, she's an interesting one for the cheek pieces. Obviously, they're hoping that that will improve her, her jumping, and it may well do. But she's a fizzy sort as well. So she wouldn't seem an obvious type to put headgear on to me. It'd be interesting to see how she reacts to them. I won't be having a bet here. But if you're looking for a nominal selection, Midnight Shuffle seems a straightforward sort. Listed company was too much for her the last time. But 106, mark for 106 doesn't seem excessive. And if you gave me a free bet, I'd chance her at eight to one. All right, then. What about the 335 at Kelso? Um, Brendan, we'll stick with you here. Over the three miles, two furlongs, the handicap chase. Forward plan is five to two at the top of the market. Clongal way for John McConnell, four to one over from Ireland. Half shot, Ian Jardine, five to one. Hill 16, the old favourite for Sandy Thompson, 11 to two. Doyen Breed, Sandy Thompson's other runner in race, seven to one. Uh, Elvis Mail for the Nick Alexander team at eights in there. You can kick off here, Brendan, take the way. Did you have a stronger view in this? Uh, yeah, well, I think I'll chance Hill 16, who is the class angle in the race. I make that statement. I'm ignoring the Sophie Leach version of Silas Emery. Uh, but mm -hmm. Hill 16 um, has run twice at this track. So he's been second to nuts well, and he's been third behind Sounds Russian and I right. Now, obviously, those horses are a completely different league to the company he's keeping on Saturday. He was also running reasonably well when coming down at the fourth last in a Scottish national. Now, he was slightly disappointing last time out over the entry fences in December and he hasn't run since and has had a breathing operation so their slight concerns of maybe you might think oh this is just a prep for the Scottish National again but this is a valuable prize and I don't think Sandy Thompson is going to want to leave him behind so I'll keep the faith that he'll have him straight for this race and if so he might be able to make his class tell against lesser lights lesser lights okay what about you are you following a similar class angle TC no, I um, I correct myself. Um, um, what's the name in the trainer? Fergal O'Brien's eight from fifty six for first time uh, that first time headgear, and Anne Hamilton's naught from three for first time cheap pieces for Babington Bob. But I was looking at this race and I immediately put a line for it. But you know the the prices have come out now and they've settled down, and Babington Bob is is drifted out to the twenty to one with the sports book. And considering this horse was fourteens for the Ida. And he was actually much shorter than that at one point. He was single figures. He obviously ran no kind of race there, ran no kind of race at Newcastle last time. And he may just have completely lost the plot. But he's a, you know, he's a course winner. He was a good second at um, a Kelso before running in the Ida. And if you do forgive him those two, uh, two below par runs at a course he's run well out before, then Babington Bob is probably, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be laying 20s myself. So that probably leads me to having a very small bet on Babington Bob at 20s and uh, just forgive him his last two runs with a different kind of headgear on, but uh, it will be a minuscule bet. But like I said, I think I just, I just wouldn't lay 20s myself, so I'm backing him at 20s. Okay, fair dues. That's why we have you on the show, TC. Love it. Let's move down to Newbury. You can, we'll stick with you here, TC. Kicking off with the 130 at Newbury. Two miles, three furlongs. The novices handicap hurdle in Eston, 11 to four. Your favourite toothless for Paul Nichols, five to one. Isn't that the horse that Dan Barber tipped up when it yeah. didn't win? Yeah, he loves it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, blow your wad for Stan Shepherd and Tom Lacey, sevens. Atlanta Brave for Kerry Lee at eights. Curly Island in their eights as well. Uh, those are the top few in the market. 12 run here, TC. Where did you pin land? Um, I wouldn't put anybody up having at least a saver on Inniston. Um, he's gone up seven pounds for that defeat last time where he traded 1.19 in running. Um, obviously, 
insult your injury going up by seven pounds but they did pull eight lengths clear of the third in a very competitive race so um Inniston I'm I'm probably I'm, I'm going to play this two ways I'm going to play I'm back Inniston to ensure that I don't lose if he wins um like I said mm -hmm. and he, I think you'll get 72 on the exchange so that'll probably be a fair angle but I thought uh with the four places with the sportsbook I put thought Pearly Island was very very solid um good good third on um a good third on uh, at the course last year. Comes he's on a career high mark after winning at Fontwell last time. Uh, went up six pounds for a seven and a half length win. But I thought that was a decent or not to 125 for the grade at that track. Um, so with the with his two best performances coming on soft ground, and like I said, he it promises to be very, very deep here. Do you remember without they've had they had 18 mil of rain at Newbury on Wednesday alone? Apparently it's raining there again today. And you've also got to remember there would have been watering that track like I won't say the word I was going to use since they're allowed to start watering again on March the 1st. So that that rain on top of the watering, I think it could get really, really deep. And there's already been a non-runner on the on account of the going for, for tomorrow's racing at Newbury uh, on Friday. And they're going to, obviously, it's going to be a second of a two-day meeting. They're going to be churning up a bit. But yeah, I thought Pearly Island, 8-1, to one, Ball plays with the sports work, everything in his favour. Uh, comes here on a, on the peak of his form, proving in conditions at that track. Yeah, I thought that was very solid against a favourite you have to respect. All righty then, with that ground caution, we will head over to you, Brendan. Are you with the favourite here or are you respecting the favourite in the same way TC is? Absolutely. It's a, it's a highly competitive race, but um, I do like this artistic choice course, Cobden, in the, in, in the plate. We, we, we absolutely love that. But it's more the horse stepping up and trip show. He showed uh, he found loads for pressure when winning at Huntington on penultimate start. Now, mixed messages from that form, granted, but then he backed that up finishing second at, at this track, a narrow second. Again, find and find and find. And he was a, a mid-80s horse on the flat. So a mark of 115 shouldn't be beyond him. He stayed two miles on the flat. So you think this extra three furlongs is going to be right up his street. He gets a significant four-year-old allowance. I wouldn't have made him a nine-to-one shot. All righty. Okay. Right. You think he's overpriced then? He's currently yeah, still nine to one for Harry Cobden and Michael Bell. Over to you, uh, Kev, for this. Do you have a view in this? Yeah, I'd be in the same boat as TC with Pearly Island. Um, I think the ground should be just fine. Um, hasn't operated on heavy, but, you know, soft um, ha hasn't been a problem. So hopefully that'll be fine. Look, just took him a while to get his act together over hurdles, but he's He's booming now. Um, he's up a stone for his last three runs. And uh, I think there might be more to come from him based on the style of his win at Fontwell. So Pearly Island, um, as TC said, TC said, looks very solid. Two votes for Pearly Island. Right, on we go to the 205. Two miles, four furlongs, the handicap chase. Worst named horse in racing. Heltonham is your favourite at four to one for Dan and Harry Skelton. Espoir de Guy in there for Paul Nichols and Harry Cobden, five to one. Riders on the Storm with Gavin Sheehan in now. Richard Hobson trained six to one. Super six for the Twist and Davis operation at six to one as well. That's a horse who, anyone is bumper, I thought he was going to be above average and he's really been disappointing for me. Uh, those are the top few in the betting at this point. Um, Brendan, we'll come to you. Are you siding with your man Harry Cobden again with Espoir de Guy? 
It pains me. It pains me because it's it's a, a Harry Cotton in the plate and the top weight, the class angle. So usually I'd be all over that. I'm just not mad about the horse. And he's, he's had two wind ups now. So, uh, but I'm not sure I'm mad about the horse I'm putting up either. It's just a price thing, even to who. A uh, bit of a character, this horse. Now, he looked like he was going to fall out the back of the telly and sand down last time. And then he ran on towards the end and got really close. He finished a, a close second in the end. And on his day, he is a talented horse. The, the form of his fast last rump three runs ago, that that, that looks very strong. Uh, admittedly, uh, on penultimate start in Cheltenham, he blew out now. But that was um, a valuable New Year's Day handicap at Cheltenham. So I give him a pass for that. I think if he can just get into a rhythm here early and is hanging around as they turn for home, he'd have a squeak and he's 14 to 1. So that, that was the one for me. Yeah, he's the rank outsider at 14 to 1, as you say, Brendan. Over to you, TC. Do we have word from the Paul Nichols yard on Esquire de Guy here? Yeah, I just literally just asked. Um, yeah, apparently just what I was expecting, really. It's going to be it's going to be strip fitter and the ground will suit you a lot better than he did it on his stable debut um in the Great Wood Gold Cup um early in the month. I mean obviously Nichols got a brilliant record in that race, but he was very weak in the market and, and unsurprisingly so because that race was run on ground that time form actually called Good to Firm. Good to Firm is no good for Esprit de Guy. Uh, all his best forms on soft and heavy. Um even though you're going back and have a look at the run, I mean, I think he was minded a bit there as well. So as you would expect on, on ground far too lively. And the handicapper dropped him £4 for it. Now he's, his last two wins have come up a mark of 145 and 144. Races off 140 here. Second start for Nichols. Fitter. Got the ground. Uh, the only problem is it's a competitive race. And I was you, you, you are trusting a lot in the trainer. Uh, and a horse to make him a five to one shot. Um, I couldn't back him at fives, but like like with like with other horses, Bonte, if he drifts, I'd be I'd be quite happy to back him at seven, eight to one, but five to one, a little bit skinny, but I can fully see the, the form and ground case for Esperada Gui in here. All right then. And Kevin, last word in the 205 to you, please. Yeah, the big bite will suit me now. Um, he went missing in action there for a little while, and the handicapper, uh, as he does nowadays, um, you know, dropped him a, a few chunks, and he duly capitalised at Newbury last time, albeit on contrasting ground. But um, you know, he has gone very well on heavy ground in the past, so he just looks one of those ground versatile sorts. And um, look, he was in first time cheek pieces. He only won ahead, but he was value for more than that. Now I'd say. I'd say there was a, a significant amount of idling involved in, in his effort up the run in there. So I'm hoping a four pound rise won't be enough to stop him. Um, he's got plenty of back class to, to suggest that he can be very competitive um, off his revised mark. So um, back on more testing ground, I'll go with the big bite. Um, trained by Henry Oliver, who's, who's having winners at the minute, in fairness to Henry. Okay, we like that then. In Formiard, let's move on to our last jumps race we'll be covering. This is the Mayor's Novices Hurdle over the two miles, four and a half furlongs at Newbury. Movidi is there at the top of the market at six to one, but it's very open. You've got 18 runners and it's a max field of 18. Overswart next, next best at seven to one, presenting a queen at eight. Royal Dance in there for the skeleton operation at eight to one. Ruby Island, Mark Walford, Jamie Hamilton, eight to one. Just the top few in here. TC, I'm going to come to you first to try and yeah. unpick this, please. Full field to tackle. 
Yeah, you have to start with Mo Vidi, not least because the sportsbook are totally ducking him at six to one. He is 12s in the marketplace, and they're obviously taking a lot of store in that run last time. And the fact that the trainers won this twice in recent years. Now, that Doncaster run, uh, that Doncaster race actually are responsible for the 2016 winner of this race, Briary Queen, albeit in the stewards. Uh, and that was trained by Noel Williams. And obviously he runs the Doncaster runner up here. Now, if you go back and have a look at that Doncaster form uh, and all four reappose here, then I don't know what happened. Robbie Dunn got on balance going to the last. And he was hanging on the run in. You just think with a stronger eye, you know, she would have won. And she actually traded at 1.12 in running. So I can fully see the case for Mo, Mo Vidi. Uh, but the problem is she's never raced on ground any fair, anywhere approaching this testing. And if you're going to back her, I suggest you wait until the day. But I massively see the case for her. The one I'm backing, the one I had backed uh, at 14s and 12s today, is Mrs. Grimley, who was actually third in that Doncaster race. Ground versatile, one on good and heavy. Uh, had a sight of the track, which I think is important here in November. I went back and have a look at some of the stable tours, even back in early January. Ben Pauling was talking about Mayor's Hurdles finals uh, for this horse. Um, she got here. She was pulled up at market racing penultimate at the start, um, lost her action there. So I think the jockey was, again, minding her to a certain degree in that Doncaster race last time. I thought there was a lot more promise than the 11 length beaten run suggests. I think a mark of 109 is workable. And... There is a stamina doubt, so I'm only backing her each way. I'm not I'm not backing her with the extra place with the sportsbook. We're playing four or five places, but win only, Mrs. Grimley. I'm looking for at least 14 to 1 plus um, on the exchange win only, although you can back her 12s each way, five places with the sportsbook. Mrs. Okay. Grimley. As TC says, an extra place with the sportsbook. The five places are available. Kevin, coming to you next, because you were chuckling away there for some reason, and I don't know why. Just general happiness and bright outlook, Vanessa. I do that all the time. Um, <laughs> Ruby Island, Ruby Island is the one I like. Uh, Mark Walford. Um, to to me, looking at her like she she's been a slow learner. I dare say over hurdles. Um, was a little bit unlucky not to bring up the hat trick last time. Um, just as she had in her couple of starts prior to that, she just looked a bit raw and it just caught her out a little bit in more competitive company. She just. <laughs> edge right under pressure there and it was just just a little bit unfortunate to get nipped on the day but um i don't think that mark is is too intimidating at all and it's interesting that they're reaching for cheek pieces um because you know it was, it was a perfectly good run arguably a career best but they obviously feel that it's always a tricky thing you know when they get experience when they uh, a certain level of experience and they're still doing things wrong you're thinking right you know is it an experience or are you just taking the mick a little bit? And I, one assumes they think she's taking the mick a small bit and they're, they're intending that cheek pieces will just straighten her out and get her to focus a bit better. And there's a definite case for them helping her. So I, I think she could potentially be reasonably handicapped off 118 with the aid of those cheek pieces. So um, Ruby Island will do for me. Brings her 18 in recent years. Walford with the pieces. That's not bad. Deadly with the headgear as Walford. <laughs> Eight to one uh, with the sportsbook currently paying the five places. Don't forget. And finally, over to you, Brendan, for the last laugh at Newbury. Yes, also Ruby Island. And uh, we oh, should yeah. mention oh, what, yeah. 
that the sports book are t- t- top price and uh, five places just to add a bit of icing to, to, to Kevin's cake. I would say I thought she was unlucky in air as well, significantly because they crawled around and she just, as the race was hotting up, she it was herself and win to the lightning where the two mares in that race under the double penalty. And it, it wasn't a desperate mistake or anything. But she just got into the bottom of the third last and win to the lightning, got a couple of lengths on her. And then even when she got up sides her at the last, she sort of fiddled the last. And I wouldn't worry a, a, a bit about her running around after the last. I'm convinced this mare's heart is in the right place. I think that's why they're putting the cheek pieces they can't do any harm she just loves the game she surely gets a stronger pace to run out here she's gonna want three miles in time she'd buy trans island wouldn't be the greatest mover in the world either story checks out but the ground can't be soft enough for her she's going to be roaring up this straight uh, the, the, the track is ideal at this trip now it's hard to be dogmatic in mares handicap hurdles but i will be shocked shocked i tell you vanessa if she's out of the five Come on. Well, oh, okay. I mean, Kevin made the case and then you just trumped it right away. Love it. Well played, Brendan. That was a very strong case to be made for Ruby Island at the 8-1 to mark. Right. And this is a perfect time to mention the Bet 10, Get 10 offer with Betfair. Have a £10 bet on racing multiples with Betfair. Get a free £10 bet on racing multiples. And that only applies to the UK and Irish action this weekend. But it is Maidan that we head to next to cover the three Group 1 races over there. We're going to kick off with the Dubai turf over the nine furlongs. And as expected, the Japanese have a big say in this race do juice is your favorite currently at three to one but the uk and irish have the likes of lord north nation's pride in here master of the seas obviously with charlie appy el drama order of australia the old boy showing up again even sir busker at 50 to one is the rank outsider so plenty of uk and irish um, representation in this race kevin but are we in danger of this night being a japanese washout and if so which japanese horse wins it well, that's it. That's the big underlying theme to this whole card, Vanessa, is the Japanese, like, oh, my God, they have come in numbers. This is a proper invasion. Um, they've been, they've done very well at this meeting in recent years. They've been doing very well around the Middle East, uh, going very well in Saudi as well. And, uh, my God, they've thrown some ammunition at this now. And it, it, this race is, is just the first example of it that we'll talk about. And slightly surprised that Dude Juice is fab. Um, Really good horse, no question about it. But geez, I'd be very concerned now that nine furlongs around here might be a little bit sharper than ideal. Um, he did it earlier in his career, but ooh, I don't know. Best form to me is at a mile and a half. He ran in the arc last time round, um, didn't run well. Ground was was all against him, I reckon. Um, the best of his Japanese form is on a much sounder surface. He got the better of Equinox, who's a horse we'll mention later on in this, um, in the Japanese Derby uh, last year on nice ground over a mile and a half. So that's just my main concern. He, he's got a wide old draw. And Yutaka Taki, still going strong, Yutaka Taki, um, is going to have a task on his hands from that draw, I feel, over this trip. So I was favouring one of the other Japanese contenders, in, uh, in Seraphos, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, he was beaten by the Juice. Um, go, it's going back a little while now, just over a year ago, but he has marched forward in recent starts. Um, his last win was particularly good. Um, like, like, like world-class form, like, 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 make no mistake, like the Japanese from a mile to a mile and a half and up, like they're proper horses. Um, beat Sadashi back to third. If you're familiar with Sadashi, um, absolute superstar in Japan. Um, Ice White 
a very rare white thoroughbred and she's an absolute weapon of a racehorse too. Um, she was back in third, but um, this horse, I think over this course of distance with a better draw, um, like is likely to be ridden with a bit of patience, but I, I'm thinking might have a bit more toe, certainly for, for the likes of the juice and hopefully the rest, but um, strong old race now, looking forward to it. I know people can get a bit sniffy about the race in the Maidan, like, but this card in particular, like it's, it's proper work. If you love international racing, like, geez, it's all in the melting pot here, farm lines from everywhere. So looking forward to it. Me too. I'm really looking forward to it. As are you, TC, aren't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah, probably won't bet on it, but I, what I will guide you to, I, mean, I did a piece with uh, Ryan Moore yesterday. Um, and it's already live on betting.betfair.com. I'd go and read that because he's very punchy about what he likes and what he doesn't like. And it's not just playing politics with his own rides. Uh, in this race, he was very keen on Seraphos. Uh, Seraphos is nine to two, top price with a sports book and with an extra place. Uh, he was keen on that, said he's got, well, obviously, whatever race I went into, whether it be Japan, Hong Kong, whatever. Ryan seems to have ridden in most of these prep races these horses have, uh, have campaigned in. And he, he just thinks um, Sarah Foss has got too much speed for Doe Juice. And, you know, he was very complimentary about that horse. He did make the point. Uh, he's actually sat on the horse, but he's never ridden him in a race. But he made a point of saying Danon Beluga was uh, very worthy of a uh, maybe of an each way bet. That's Again, that's top prize tens with the sports book. So, yeah, I mean, if you listen to Ryan Moore, he's probably better off listening to me. Uh, Seraphos at 9 to 2 and Dan on Beluga at 10s each way at four, uh, to four places. Yeah, that extra place, the four places. Brendan, over to you for this. Um, where did you land? Are you, are you with the boys with Seraphos? Uh, well, I mean, take on the Japanese at your peril. This will this will probably all go Pete Tong, but it won't be terrible because both the horses, I'm having two flyers at prices. Uh, now, I can't let this Junko go off at 16 to 1. This this is a proper horse. This is a horse going places. I mean, four runs ago in Song Clue, he was third behind my Prospero. We know my Prospero went close to James's Palace in a champion stakes. Then he's beaten half a length by subsequent Arkforth Al Hakim. Then he's beaten ahead by Anmat. Now, I backed Anmat that day in the dollar, and it was a serene Buddhist experience for most of the race until I see this thing coming winging down the outside, Junko. And he was probably, when I watched the race back, he was probably unlucky, slightly missed the break, and he took a bump, and it was a heads-up, heads-down situation. So I probably caught a, caught a break there. Uh, I suspect, like, that Anmat now, if it wasn't for the fact that he's missing two crucial accessories, I'd make him a live runner for the arc. I, I think he's definitely going to win Group 1 races uh, this season. Perhaps he'll need soft ground. And that is also the case with Junko. I do have a, a feeling that he's a better horse with some given the ground. But I, uh, from what I understand of the Maidan surface, you very rarely hear horses coming back jarred up on it. So perhaps that's why master trainer Andre Fab has sent him here because it's clearly been the target. He had a tune up on the all weather in Shantee three weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> a, 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 again, it's just to me, this is this this is a group one winner in waiting. It, it might be over 10 furlongs. It might even be over a mile and a half. And it might be on soft ground. But there's no way I'm letting them go off 16 to 1. And just purely on a pace angle, Order of Australia is 33 to 1. So there's only the, the, the only two 
out and out front runners I could find here were, were El Drama and Order of Australia. Not that he's an out and out front runner, but I think Ryan will look at this drawn one and think we have to go forward here. Now he won an egg and spoon race in Doha last time up. Uh, I wouldn't pay too much attention to that. Although it was a great bit of place in 237 bags for winning that. And I was delighted as well that the Smith Magner Tabor Axis got that money because they need it. But I mean, if you look at, at Order of Australia last season, he, he only won one race, but that was beating Pearls Galore up the curve. He was a respectful third behind Bupaid in the Queen Anne. He ran well in a Jacques Lamarway, ran well in a Breeders' Cup mile. He just could be a horse, it'd be dangerous to let, let him loose on the front, and he's 33 to 1. So I'll have a small bet on him. A 240 grand egg and spoon race. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, love it from Brendan. A couple of bigger price thoughts in there. Let's move on to the Shima Classic over the mile and a half. And the aforementioned Equinox is your even money favourite, Kev. Mostadap, who impressed so many when we last saw him for John and Thady Goldston, Jim Crowley in the saddle, his next best at 11 to 2. Irish Derby winner Westover in there at 11 to 2. Ryan Moore in the saddle for the Beckett operation. And of course, the Breeders' Cup winner Rebels Romance is next best at 6 to 1. Those are just the top few in the market. Loads of Japanese horses in behind again. Plenty of cases to be made elsewhere. But this is another fine renewal of this race, Cap. Yeah, that's a proper one. Um, best one for a few years, I'd say. And look, Equinox is up at the top of the betting there. He's short, but but like he's one of the emerging stars in Japan. Um, like he 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 won the Tenno show last time. And like you look at the form. Look what was second. Pantalasso's come out and won the Saudi Cup. And the horse that um, TC mentioned there, Dan and Beluga, back in third. And stylistically, sorry, that was his penultimate start. Um, stylistically, like he's been very good. So look, this is his first international escapade. Um, and the very best to look to him now. But but he is short in against you know a bunch of established international campaigners. Um, Mustadaf was really impressive last time. I thought. But I, I thought Rebel's romance was interesting. Um, look, he's a horse that's kind of taken off from, from nowhere to an extent. Um, he's been all around the place. He won, won two group ones in Germany, went over and won of the Breeders' Cup, like you say. Um, and interesting that they, like, like he missed this prep race. I'm not sure what the reason was. So he's obliged to come here fresh. But um, like he's a, he's a very talented horse. And like you're relying really on Equinox just to hit a bit of a bubble, which you could look first time away from Japan, etc. Um, bunch of new variables there. So I wouldn't put anyone off taking them on there with something each way. The race doesn't have a bad old shape to it. And Rebels Romance would, would be one that would be high up my list. Um, would, would also give mention to Sharar, who we saw at Royal Ascot last year. He was just pipped in the Japan Cup by a inspired ride from uh, from Ryan Moore um, and things didn't go perfectly for Sherrard either. He won this race last year, but it looks it looks stronger this year. So um, that's two against the Fav. Jen, look, really, if you want to pin me down, lay the Fav and see what happens because you, you've got mm. a bunch of nice, you've got a nice a bu bunch of nice ones running for you that um, have been there and done it on the international scene. Oh, I think some people will be surprised to hear that angle given the confidence behind Equinox. Brendan, how are you looking at this race? Well, uh, yeah, I, I take Kevin's point, and also, I there's not any guaranteed pace in this race, so that's another way to get a short price fab beat. But I just couldn't bring myself to oppose the Japanese twice. I mean, they're becoming the dominant force in the international race, and they clearly think this is a, a super talented horse, and he, he's very progressive at a, at a high level as well. So I thought he could overcome any potential pace issues. I mean, I won't be backing him; I'll just be watching the race. But I, I, I wouldn't oppose him either. 
Are you taking him on, TC? Are you taking him on with anything? No. Um, all I would <laughs> say is just reiterate what, what Ryan Moore said. I mean, he was as punchy about this horse as I've heard him. Equinox. Uh, he just said uh, the favourite, Equinox. said he's an unbelievable talent. Um, and he said if it runs to the form of his Ari McKinnon win last time, he said it will bolt up. Um, so... Take that what you will. Like I said, he's got he's got that he's got a, a premier handle on all this international form. And um, but before he signed off on the race, he, he did say I told him what price Win Marilyn was at the time. And he said what price is Win Marilyn? And I said it was twenty five at the time, and it's still eighteens with a sportsbook, which is uh, pretty much the. I think there's been a rogue twenties around, but it's, it's the best price around. He just said, look, that's a very good mare. You come in here after a grade one win uh, in Chartin last time. Really like the horse. He said, if you're looking for an each way bet, win Marilyn's your one. But he said, I can't. He said, if, if the favourite runs to form, he'll bolt up, quote unquote. All right. OK. That's the word from Ryan Moore then. Courtesy of TC. Thank you very much. On we go to the last race, the 4.35. This is, of course, the Dubai World Cup. Over the one mile, two furlongs on the dirt and country grammar is back for more. Looking to win the race for a second time in the road, three to one. Uh, this time around, Frankie Dottori in the saddle. Bob Baffert, obviously, bringing him over from America. Uh, and then Algiers is next best at four to one. I mean, this, TC, I'm going to come to you first here. This is just such a weird betting race, I think, at this stage anyway. Um, I've got no opinion of this race. I, I don't, I've never heard of half. Half the, horses, half the jockeys, half the trainers. Um, no, leave before the last to avoid the traffic. <laughs> Solid advice, TC. We have actually got an extra place here as well. Bear that in mind. All right, then, Kev, I'm going to come to you for the Dubai World Cup. Pick it apart. Like, I just think it's an odd race. Yeah, look, I wouldn't have as much enthusiasm for the dirt races, but look, I, I think country grammar probably should be shorter. Um Won the race last year, having been second in the Saudi Cup. You know, similar prep this time, was second in the Saudi Cup again, but it was a big run. Um, you know, normally this horse likes to get good and forward, and he wasn't able to do so from stall 10. And look, he, he's he's finished off very well. And I'd say Frankie was was fairly, um, was wondering, you know, what might have been afterwards. Um, look, the draw again, not perfect here, but I think he'll have a better chance of getting forward over the slightly longer trip. And um, yeah, look, the, the race seemed to suit him really well last year. It was the best run of his life when um, when he did what he did. So I thought he might be able to double up here um, with Frankie back in the plate. One for the good guys, Bob Baffert. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, one for the good guys. Brendan, are you with Country Grammar to do it again or are you taking him on? Well, I, I, I just say again, what, what I, I'm not great on dirt, dirt racing, but I'm, I'm a little bit like you in terms of just the betting for this Pantalassa to be four times the price of country grammar. Now, it's just intuitively it looks wrong, doesn't it? Now, I, I take the point about the, the, the way country grammar improved uh, uh, for, from his run in the Saudi Cup uh, to, to go and win that. And maybe that'll happen again. And Pantalassa is drawn wide. Now, again it didn't look like it was loaded with pace this race but my limited understanding of dirt racing is you just don't get soft leads in dirt racing so it'll probably get take, taken mm -hmm. on for the lead and we'll have to get across from the wide draw but just in, in the, like what a likeable horse dead heated in the turf with Lord North last year ran some big races back home since just should it be four times the price of the fav 
intuitively I feel like that price is a bit big. Yeah, I think that's I, yeah. I mean, fair fair case made at the prices anyway. Um, that wraps up the show, does it? So we just need to do naps. Are we allowed to nap a horse in May, Dan? I presume we are. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right then, Kevin, you can kick off. What is your nap of the weekend? I'll go for Sarafas in the um, Dubai turf, please. Okay, well, I'm going to go Equinox on the basis of what TC's just relayed by Ryan Moore. TC, what are you going for? Um, on the basis that the early market move is an overreaction and we settle the naps at Betfair SP, I'm going to go Bonte and hope she drifts to about oh. 7 to 2. Okay, interesting, right? And what about you, Brendan? What's your nap of the weekend? Artistic choice in the 130 Newbury. Love it. Love it. Right. That wraps up the show, guys. Thank you very much. As always, viewers and listeners out there, do not forget Bet 10, Get 10 offer on racing multiples on this Saturday with Bet that have a £10 bet on racing multiples. Get a free £10 bet on racing multiples. But please do gamble responsibly. Enjoy your weekend international racing to look forward to. We will be back on Monday with Wade In, where we will be dissecting everything from the weekend and the last week as well. But in the meantime, have a good weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Gamble responsibly. And join us again on Monday. Thank you.